everyone, this is Nick with Tenacity.ai, my co-host Jason. You're listening to the Cloud Cost Optimization Podcast. Today, we're going to dive into how AI, which is on everybody's mind, will change the landscape for FinOps, uh, with, especially with you know, the, the recent release of chat GTP, G. PT, sorry, four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you because I think GTP was like a car. Or it, like it, it is one of those <laughs> dyslexia sort of yeah. two two letters that that are easily transpo- transposed between each other. Chat GPT. Yes, uh, it is. So, it is a. It's a. It's a mouthful. It is. It is. And the faster I say it, the more I screw it up. So let's dive into. Let's dive into. You know that first of all, you know what what we're seeing is the fundamental change there in generative AI. Um, I I think that from three point five to, to four, we're seeing just like a massive jump in the capability. Both you and I have used, I've used it. Both, it's yeah. crazy. It is. It's crazy. It is. What are some of the main the, differences the, the, that you're the seeing? The leap between the two. You know, it's hard to describe because it was only three months. It was like we got this mm-hmm. new thing that had all these like little bugs in it that were like. And it did those jobs pretty well, but you really had to rewrite it to in three months. Again, it doesn't have the meat, like writing articles and things like that. But but in in three months, it went from making mistakes to writing articles that have no mistakes in it. They, They just might not be thoughtful as much as you and I would write one. But it's and it went from barely being able to write simplistic Python scripts and things like that to now being able to churn out entire applications with, you know, understanding how to talk to it and how to tell it what to do things. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to, one of the first things that we'll do and you and I, uh, I mean, this is like one of the no brainer ones. It's going to automate repetitive tasks, tasks, right? It's going to, and it's going to help find repetitive tasks to automate, (laughs) Which is also oh, AI in general. AI in general is going to help. With AI that. in yeah, general yeah, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, it, we took the jump. And, and so, so, so this this applies to FinOps too, right? I mean, it just applies in general to FinOps. It's going to help with us in our cloud cost optimization optimization efforts. It's going to help automate repetitive tasks and find those things. So, there's a lot of other things that we're going to. I'm sure we're going to talk about, but um, it it is going to completely transform our lives for sure. It may not be everybody's, but from a technical perspective in our industry, completely transformative. Yeah. So when I when I think about you know separating uh, uh, the starting the topic here with generative and and jumping into kind of other AI, separating the two, I think when you're talking about AI in general, there's so much stuff. I mean, there's 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 anomaly detection, right? You really cannot do this without uh, without advancing. A human can't do uh, AI, right? Uh, Not not in anything at scale. And um, when you when you look at when you look at how to manage, you know, doing fleet management, um, I, again, we're going to get to scale where uh, AI is is going to be necessary because a human is not going to be able to get their arms around the number of units, the number of containers, uh, or the the you know peer breadth of of serverless infrastructure necessary to run some of these applications and run them efficiently and not get stuck in doom loops and and you know all all the things that are going to um you know affect costs over time like you know you you, what what it should look like in the future is that you have something to do and uh it potentially costs you a lot for mere moments and then it starts to cost you nothing and that's where ai is going to help us with 
predicting and thinking about, you know, how to do that actual fleet management so that we maximize the efficiency of, of, of the code we're deploying uh, or the infrastructure that we're deploying. So, you know, that's, I think that's one. When it comes to generative AI, I think there's a complete game changer here in that you are going to bring the arcane down to uh, the mundane and, you know, being able to put in the hands of business analysts, to put in the hands of practitioners who are outside of the computer science sphere or the software engineering sphere, the ability to uh, ask questions and generate pieces of code uh, that will help them in their jobs and, and run more effective cloud environments. And we're not, not just cloud infrastructure, but, uh, you know, this has the potential across the board to make things more efficient. You know, you and I have asked this question, like, how do I reduce my CRM bill? Right. Just to, to use a dumb example. Um, I can't wait till the day that I can ask a computer, like, wait a minute. Um, I need to, you know, here's, here's my CRM bill. Here's my CRM usage. Help me reduce this. And it's like, Hey, you don't use these 80,000 contacts, wipe them out and pay less. That's what I think want. about research. Like, right. Hey, I'm using HubSpot to give me the, give me three competitors to HubSpot, their pricing and, and their pros and cons. And it will, I mean, it's just like a task that used to take us uh, you know, maybe an hour, a couple of hours to go right. get the data we want now is a question. And it's not like and people say, well, Google does that. Not really. You still have to go. Th we're talking about oh, it's, it's so overly commercialized. It, yeah, it, right. We're talking about like being able to say, I want these things because I'm doing research in your example on HubSpot competitors. I want to understand the pros and cons versus HubSpot and the pricing versus HubSpot. And it, it, everything will be accurate. <laughs> you know, it'll just spit it all out to you. It, we're talking a huge amount of time saved. Um, and, and honestly, like it allows humans to focus on things that are, that we're good at, like solving problems. We're not good at doing things, the same thing, the same way, every single time. We're just not good at that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, go, go try to drill a hole in a piece of wood by hand in 20 of them in the same spot within a micro. Like you can't do it. A machine can, but you can't. And it's similar yep. here. Right. It's going to it's going to basically will go to solving problems and people who know how to solve problems will be able to leverage this and use it. I use it all. The, I, I was just using it the other day to write code. I, how many times? I, write? I don't write code very often, but I needed I needed a Python script for something in Zapier. And I just went to ChatGPT and said, I need a Python script that does this. And it was copy and paste into Zapier. I had to change like one value just because it, I didn't right. write the value. It, it was like one ref variable I had to change and boom, it was working. And, you know, so, so now it's going to reduce. It's like to think about time to market. On all these things, like time to market yes. on a problem is on, on a piece of software or something like that is going to be insanely faster than it ever has been before. It, it's it's transformative. Yeah, and, it, and it's not without its problems. I mean, it's it's you know, th there's advancements that have to happen that are going to continue to happen. Um, you know, the code it's writing right now is is not it's not at its most elementary stage. It's 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 becoming a little more sophisticated, but it's not the most sophisticated stages either. It's not as advanced as it could be. But I think we're going to see that in the coming months oh, for and sure. years. And I think that well, you're going like to see that the as the plugin, Nick. The plugin. As soon as it's able to use the, it can't even use the internet right now. It just can't. 
So there, the plugins are coming out where you're going to be able to actually say, use your knowledge plus all the knowledge out on the internet to write me this piece of code. That doesn't even exist yet today, and that's coming out very soon. So, it, you know, it's just, it's going to, this is going to be a snowball that, like you said, rapidly starts to grow and, and will become, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what conversation we're going to have in a year about this. Like how much different our conversation today will be in one year. I'd be very interested to hear to, I'm very interested in that episode we do in a year about how generative AI has changed the landscape, not what we pontificate it will <laughs> change it to. I, I think the trend will be that you're going to see organizations as they're adopting FinOps, you know, as you see them, them gather, this, this, this is going to happen. It's going to explode, right? FinOps is exploding right now. As, as they adopt more and they need that expertise at a, at a, at a high level from an engineering perspective, you're going to see them be able to offset some of that cost and exposure uh, from that, you know, very narrow set of labor. Uh, it's, that's hard to find. It's very expensive to, to acquire and have on hand offset that by uh, generative AI in being able to have their broader team, their analysts and their practitioners uh, look for solutions uh, to the problems they see inside of their environments by leveraging generative AI and using that to help the engineering team. I think that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to we're going to see that. Um, I think, you know, there's also a downside like, you know, let's talk about the cons, right? Uh, there's certainly security and privacy concerns here. When you start piping your company's uh, uh, spending data, uh, configuration data uh, into uh, generative AI platforms, you know what are the sorts of what are the sorts of things that that could happen that we need to have solutions for? That's what's going to happen over the next year. Yeah, I mean, well, let's like, what's the you know? <laughs> I guess uh, for. for, for for every great thing that this is going to bring us, there are people out there that will exploit it, right? So there are people out there, they exist today. They try to hack into systems. They're, you know, for whatever reason, ransomware, uh, trade secrets. They, if they're not using generative AI <laughs> to try to infiltrate systems, then they're also not keeping up with their, you know, because their job, right, or whatever they think their job is, uh, as a as a criminal. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it should know how to break into systems <laughs> that ha that it has helped write. I mean, right, right, right. Uh, it, I it should. I, I think I think we're going to have all sorts of well, I, I think that you know the ability to use a uh, use AI that can take in a lot of information from a lot of areas is just going to make it you know uh, more able to uh, it's going to learn how to to exploit that information as well. So that's that's one. So and then and then and it takes a bad actor to 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 leverage that. I mean, um, you can find these things that, on Google too, right? I said, you know, like you I, can find exploits that hacker hackers have posted that people don't know about on different forums. It will, it will make that information more easily accessible and it will probably make those people's jobs protecting that a little bit more difficult. Well, probably a lot more difficult. I mean, we're, we're somewhat guessing here because we really don't know, but 
the the only example of we have like of like this is like Terminator 2, right? It's like, will the, will the machine rise up against us at some point is the question. Well, I'm not, I'm not so much worried about that as, as feeding it data to, you know, allow, you know, that it can learn from the, the metadata that is fed to an environment around optimization. Could that be used to exploit the environment? And I think the answer is yes. Not, not, not by some AI overlord that gains sentience, but by humans who can then leverage right. that. So I, I think that there is there are real concerns we need to think about from a security perspective, from a privacy perspective. What are we sending to it? Um, I, certainly, I come from a healthcare data analytics background, so this this my head already is spinning with, wow, the power of being able to ship data to um, to AI to start thinking about early detection of like breast cancer, right? But then wait a minute, there's all these privacy concerns and how do I secure that and how do I ensure the privacy of the individuals and so on? Like there's there's so many, so many issues I think we have to cover. But then there's also like the simple like internal governance. Like, well, wait a minute, what are we going to ship? What how are we going to use generative AI? I mean, the power of generative AI is in its its broad ability to learn from uh uh every everything and everyone when from we data points we don't have scale in our brain. It down. Right. Right. When we myopically scale it down to just be contained to what we do, in a lot of ways, it can lose uh, its effectiveness. And I'd be interested to see how they solve that problem. Right. Um, yeah, you, so you, it, you, it, it, the more guardrails you put on it, it's uh, putting guardrails on it means it's not really generative. Right. I mean, like you can't just tell it not to learn things. Right. Don't don't learn. Don't don't learn this specific thing. I mean, you're not supposed it is a. I mean, Italy is grappling. Italy just banned it. I mean, it's for a government at this point to not understand that banning an application does absolutely nothing, especially an open API application, doesn't make any sense to me. It just like seriously, I could create it after day and start selling it in Italy that uses OpenAI as a backend, and they wouldn't know the difference. But they banned it for whatever for the same thing you just said, and it wasn't because they know. There are issues with privacy. They banned it because they don't know, but they think there are at a high yeah, level. Well, uh, I, yeah, and I just I, I just read an article where uh, uh, a couple of Samsung employees put a bunch of intellectual Samsung, property I, I saw and that. other data into generative AI to help with into their work. Into <laughs> Right, and then realized... You know, uh, or others realize that, wait a minute, we can't do that. Like that this is against our own internal policy. We we can't we're, we're making public, you know, uh, trade secrets, and internal information about the organization. So it's I wonder if we can ask it now to reference the Samsung code that was put in. That's a good uh, that's a I was like, I, I wonder, like, if we could find something from that article and say, recreate. Whatever code Samsung employees put into this thing, I wonder if it would try to do it. That's a good one. I might try that. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, I think there are a lot of broad implications of AI on the FinOps, FinOps landscape. I think there's some really neat near-term uh, uh, benefits, uh, especially around, you know, generation of, of code. It being used as a tool, right, for the practitioners, for the engineers, uh, in helping them move very, very quickly to solutions around cloud cost optimization uh, in, inside their own organizations. I think there's some pretty cool, you know, kind of midterm tomorrow type stuff around, can I feed it data securely and 
and have it do analysis and spit back out to me how I should be thinking about my forecast and how I should be thinking about uh, my spending. And, the, you know, tools like Tenacity AI do this. Uh, you know, we're not leveraging generative AI. We're leveraging uh, uh, different types of AI to help with with this. But, uh, you know, that's that's there. And then there's, you know, kind of the long-term implications of like, well, wait, you know, what, what can we do and what are the broader concerns? We don't want to create a potential issue for ourselves down the road. So... I think there's going to be some some uh, interesting changes to, you know, FinOps in organizations at large. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. All right. Awesome. So, all right. Uh, for our listeners, uh, head out to tenacity.ai, download the Cloud Cost Optimization Handbook. Uh, you can book a demo with us. We do do full FinOps services as well as uh, help organizations stand up their own FinOps practices. Uh, internally, uh, working with our partners, we can actually do the initial optimization, get you in the right place, and then help you contain that cost, you know, forevermore. Uh, we also uh, are out on the slash r slash cloud cost optimization, cloud cost optimization uh, Reddit thread. Uh, hit us up there with any questions, comments that you have. Of course, like and subscribe. Leave any comments. Uh, we are always looking for your feedback. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.